I was so impressed with his psychology, the ideas, his timing, everything that he had in the match. I learned a lot from John Cena. I'm not ashamed to say that. And welcome back to another edition of Out of Character with me, Ryan Satin. This week, we have got a fantastic guest. I know I say that at the beginning of every episode, but this is another one I'm very excited about because this is someone who I have long considered to be one of my favorite wrestlers, and I think many consider him to be one of the best wrestlers on the face of the earth. So let's get into this. Two-time WWE champion, three-time United States champion, former Intercontinental Champion and current Raw Tag Team Champion. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Out of Character, the phenomenal one, AJ Styles. What's up? What's up, man? How's it going? Good, man. I can't complain. I love your background here. You got some cool stuff there. I like how you got like the whole setup of all your gloves behind you. It looks badass. Yeah, thanks, man. I'm actually, uh, I had uh, some guys at D1, uh, if you're looking to get some amazing stuff, that's where it's done. Uh, and, and, and that picture behind me was done by a fan. So, yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, you're good at designing your office in general. When you, when you were doing Twitch streams and stuff, I always thought your office looked really cool with memorabilia up. Yeah, man, I, I see, I'm not about, um, you know, a lot of people about, uh, you know, like belts and getting belts. I like posters. So there's a lot of posters around here uh, that I'm on that uh, I take a lot of pride in. And from Japan to when I was in TNA, all that stuff. So I want to know, because I, I feel like you're someone who I, I genuinely don't know the answer to this question. So I'm interested to hear what you say. And this is kind of how I start off every interview is, how much of your real true self would you say there is in the AJ Styles character? I would say uh, when, I, when I'm a good guy, right? When I'm the baby face, almost, uh, almost 100%, uh, really. When I'm the, you know, the heel that I am now, it's more like, Mm, 25%. I think all that stuff in the back of your head that you've always want, wanted to say, uh, now you get the opportunity as a bad guy. Do you enjoy being a babyface more since it's more natural to who you are? Or do you kind of like getting to explore that other side of yourself, the, the, the side that you put away? I think what makes a great babyface is, uh, you know, being a heel first. And uh, being a heel right now will only help me be a better baby babyface later on in my career. I'm, I'm having a good time with it. I enjoy it. I, if I can make myself laugh uh, and those around me, then I'm doing something right. I wanna go back a little bit. I wanna go back to when you first started in pro wrestling. Um, I read that you didn't, <laughs> I know. I read that you didn't really grow up watching wrestling, but do you remember what the first match was that hooked you into it or inspired you to continue doing this for a living? I don't remember what the first match was. I just remember uh, while some of the other kids uh, were playing freeze tag or hide and go seek, uh, I was sitting down in front of the television that only picked up three stations, and uh, I believe it was Georgia Championship Wrestling. I, I'm not sure who I was watching, but it didn't really matter to me. Uh, but the opportunity to watch wrestling, I never knew what time it came on or anything like that because no one else watched it in my family. I just know I enjoyed it. And then later on, I remember. Uh, turning the antenna, you know, outside of our, our house to, to try to pick up WCW and the Road Warriors because those guys were just awesome. Uh, but sometimes I just had to get a commentary from my brothers. Why? Because as soon as you let go of the antenna, you'd, you'd lose reception. So I feel like there's such a huge generation of people who are going to be watching this interview that have 
absolutely no idea what you're talking about or any frame of reference for having to do that. Like that's such a foreign thing to have to deal with the with the antenna cables. Right, my kids will never know uh, about that. A lot of kids won't. You know, they don't even know what a VCR tape is. Well, they do. My kids do because I showed it to them. But uh, there's a lot of that where you know kids just it, it's easier. It everything's right there their fingertips nowadays where we have to trade tapes and whatnot. I sometimes wonder if it's for good or bad that there's so much information available to kids. Like, I don't know, like I, I had a lot of inter internet as it was as a kid and the internet now compared to then is so much different. Like I genuinely wonder if it's good for kids to have that much access to the internet. Well, it certainly, I don't know, does it make them lazy or the fact that they can look up pretty much anything, does it make them smarter? I, I don't know. Maybe they're of useless information. I'm not sure. What do you think it is? Because I, I, that's actually where I, where my biggest question about it is too. Like, I don't know if it makes us lazier as people. Well, I mean, you think about this. Uh, um, if we didn't have the internet, you know, we weren't, wouldn't be talking right now. So that's <laughs> a benefit. But they are always something like, uh, you know, hey, as a teenager, you can look up anything <laughs> so that's not a good thing no. uh, there are some things uh better left to when you get married and figure out on your own yeah <laughs> yeah definitely now going back to wrestling one of your first few matches was against our truth i saw when i was uh doing research on you and in it the announcers are talking about how the two of you have big futures in wrestling do you remember breaking in around the same time as each other and what was truth like back then so I remember I broke in in 99 and I believe Truth and I started working together in 2000. It was their, the big show for us at the time. And, uh, you know, uh, it was a big deal for me. And I even remember them talking about Truth. You know, uh, WWE is looking at him. Of course they're looking at Truth. He's awesome. He, they just got that charisma, everything about him. Of course they're looking at him. So I was just hoping to somehow, some way, you know, uh, find my way, find my path into uh, a place where I could, you know, have a job in WCW or WWE at the time. Do you remember what they say about you during that match? Because I rewatched it last night and they do say that about our truth They go, next month, he's got a meeting with Vince McMahon and the WWE, expect big things from him. And they go, and AJ Styles, he's going to be WWE's next Jeff Hardy. That's what they say in it. Wow. And Jeff Hardy and I are the same age, by the way. So uh, <laughs> You're actually, you're older than yeah. Jeff, I think. Yeah, I, I think I've got him by uh, like uh, three months or something like that, maybe two or three months. So yeah, just to goes to show how awesome Jeff Hardy was, you know, or it, it is. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I was okay with being the next Jeff Hardy. You know, the guy was, uh, he's a superstar, especially back then with the Hardy boys are just killing it. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm glad that uh, I was the first AJ Styles. I'm glad that worked out for me. Uh, I, a lot of dedication went into it and a lot of heartbreak at the same time. So it was, it was a long road. I don't remember anything that they were saying about me uh, in that match. I normally didn't listen to the commentary because I was focused on, to, you know, how was the match? Was it any good? Did, what can I fix? What can I do to make it more entertaining? Well, you know, I, uh, I, I, you say that that's a credit to Jeff Hardy and how good Jeff Hardy was, but I watched this match last night, and I was amazed at how good 
you were so early in your career. Like you said it was 2000, but it was 99 this match that I watched between you and Archer. Was it? it oh, it, wow. It was, wow. it was in 99. At least that's what it's dated on uh, the, the NWA Wildside YouTube channel. So I'm pretty sure it was 99. And I was watching this thinking to myself, look, I know now 2021, so many people say that you're one of the best wrestlers in the world, but I'm watching this and I'm thinking like, man, I feel like people had to have seen early on that AJ had it because you watch this, you're doing like these crazy drop kicks. You're already impressing. Did you pick up on wrestling fairly quickly, would you say? Uh, I would say that I was able to be in the ring with a lot of great performers and help me on my way. And I did that at an early uh, time in my career. So I was, I was blessed to have those guys in my life that they were able to show and teach me different things. Was I the best? Absolutely not. I bet you if I watch that match, I'll hate it. Uh, but it's just part of, you know, how, how much I've grown since then. That's all that is. Um, I mean, WCW was fairly early in your career, too. Do you have any funny memories of being on the WCW roster, even though it was very short? Uh, funny moments? Not really. I mean, the moments that I had were pretty short getting there. I, and I remember that picture that you have right there. Um, they basically said, uh, me and Air Paris are going to be fighter pilots. And by the way, you're not at AJ Styles anymore. You're Air Styles. And I go, I hate it. I hate the you know fighter pilot uh, suit that I had to wear. But if that's what they want, they're going to get the best fighter pilot they've ever seen. You know. So, uh, yeah, I, I, Air Styles for one match. So, wait, that was basically the, the synopsis given to you was you're just a fighter pilot? That's, that's your character? Yeah, that will come up with a uh, double team finisher, air raid, or you know, it's like, oh, uh, okay, I think that was the name of us, air raid, actually. Or, and I, I just remember us trying to come up with double team, you know, moves, and oh, well, it didn't last long. We were in and out so quick. When you started there, it wasn't really known that they were going out of business anytime soon, so it must have been like a big, like, man, I thought I had made it, and now I got to go back to the indies. Well, the, the thing was, we were like, this is WCW. It's not going to go out of business. <laughs> yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And sure enough, out of business they go. I uh, felt sorry for myself for about a week. And I was like, all right, back to work. I'm going to find a way. Um, yeah, and I started traveling. So, I mean, did you, do you still talk to Air Paris at all? Are you guys friendly at all still? Uh, yeah, every, every once in a while, for sure. Um, God, I saw he recently started wrestling again, too, which I was like, man, they got to get oh, it. He? he did. Yeah, he had a match in 2021. I was like, they got to get Air Raid back together. Rey Mysterio said, said on my show a few weeks ago, he still has the Cruiserweight Tag Team titles in his possession. So you guys could go for it. Wow. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Um, I love Paris, but not a chance. <laughs> so uh, let's move ahead a lot to your eventual signing with WWE decades later. Did you have any reservations about joining WWE since you had been having such big success in Japan? Uh, not really. I, I thought it was time. I knew Shinsuke was leaving, and I thought that was a big part of the puzzle of you know Japan and what made it so great that would be missing. And I thought, well, maybe it's about time I get back home anyway because I was always concerned when I was home that something may happen. How would I get back home quick enough? Uh, so I just thought it was time. And... I didn't know if WWE was an option. Uh, luckily, I was able to talk to Terry Taylor, who talked to Triple H, who finally got in contact with me, and uh, the ball started rolling from there. 
Was Shinsuke the first one of you guys to make the decision officially to come to WWE? Yeah, yeah, that's, it was, uh, you know, listen, so much respect for those guys over there in Japan. I had so much and still do to this very day. They were so good to me. Uh, but Shinsuke and then it was like me, Carl, and Gallows all leaving at the same time. It was kind of a, a big blow, I think. Um, but in, 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 in the long term, guys were able to get better contracts so that, and, and longer contracts in Japan. So I think it was best for everybody. Yeah, in a way, you guys had like a click-like effect where the, the contracts all went up and helped everybody because of what you guys did. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I wasn't trying to hurt uh, Japan or anything like that, uh, you know, but it was one of those things where I was, I think I needed to be home, wherever that was, whether it be WWE, Ring of Honor, TNA, uh, somewhere else, AEW, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that, that they, they were even in existence then, but I wanted to get back home and I am thankful that WWE helped me uh, feel at home once I got to the WWE. You know, one thing that really helped uh, raise the anticipation level for your arrival was that article that WWE did on their website where they asked if you, uh, Doc, Carl, and Shinsuke were possibly joining WWE. Did you know they were going to do that ahead of time, or were you just surprised everybody else when they did that? I was as surprised as everyone else. Uh, listen, I, I saw a picture uh, of a guy from, kind of backstage. He wore a hat and had long hair. And that's what started the conversation between Terry Taylor and myself. Uh, it was one of those things I was like, hey, listen, if they are looking for an AJ Styles, I would be happy to you know, give it a shot. And I was willing to go for, you know, down to uh, NXT for a couple months, you know, to get my feet wet and then get to the, uh, you, you know, a main brand like a Raw or SmackDown. Uh, so I had no idea what was going to happen. There was there was talks of like, hey, I don't know if we can keep your name. I'm like, well, yeah, that's, that's fine. I'll be whoever you want me to be. It's just I've got this huge tattoo on my side that says <laughs> AJ, but you can call me whatever you want. That would have been so awkward if they had just given you the initials of AJ so that it would match the tattoo, but you weren't AJ Styles. Yeah, uh, listen, I was worried about, you know, the southern accent that I, I can't shake that uh, Vince may want me to wear overalls and, and you know, come to a little country song or something with a banjo. I don't know. I, I, I was more worried about that. Do you feel, only because you brought up the tattoo, do you feel pressure to, if you have another kid that you have to give them the AJ initials now because you have the tattoo? Well, I can tell you this. It's not going to happen. Okay. We made sure of that. Okay. So no pressure. Okay, good. <laughs> um, you know, I think that, you know, when you came, everybody, most wrestling fans were so excited about it. But, you know, you even said here that you didn't know what your character was going to be. When did you find out that you were going to be the AJ Styles you had always been? Was it not till you got there at the Royal Rumble? It was actually uh, not after. It was after my I guess the rumble, then I had a match and that's when Vince told me what he wanted to see. And I was like, well, I know that guy. So this is going to be easy. I know exactly what you want. I can give you exactly who you're looking for. This is all I have to do is be myself. When, when they brought, cause you said that you were willing to go to NXT. Were you surprised that you got to kind of jump ahead of the line, so to speak, and not have to go through there? Absolutely. The, the fact that, that Samoa Joe was still in NXT yeah. 
and I was able to jump the line. I was like, uh, okay, I wasn't going to argue him with him about it. You know, I was happy to to get the opportunity. Do you think that your success in Japan was what did that? Because I mean, Shinsuke Nakamura went to NXT and he was popular in the same company. Do you? Did, what do you think it was that that made it that you got to skip? Timing. I think that had a lot to do with it. Being in Orlando uh, was a was a huge thing for me. Being in TNA for so long, and then you know it being in Orlando, and then having the opportunity to be number three, as crazy as that sounds, uh, at the Royal Rumble was huge for me. Huge. Yeah, I rewatched that your whole uh, Rumble appearance that year, and it's crazy how. You know, this is your first time on WWE TV, and that whole crowd knows who you are. And you're honestly like the focal point of the match for the first half of it. Of like, everyone will will AJ or will will he or won't he be eliminated from the match? Um, and it's just got such a cool vibe to it that like I feel like it's one of those things that's going to be hard to replicate ever again. Yeah, I mean, based on how everything is done now, like how do you get that free agent that everybody wants to see? at the Royal Rumble. It's gonna to be tough. Uh, luckily for me, it was one of those things that just, uh, like I said, the timing could not have been any better. Did you think though, like, you know, when you're in TNA and you're in the Indies and you're, you know, one of the top guys in other promotions, did you ever in a million years think that you were gonna to get to WWE and have such a huge debut like this? Or did you think that wasn't gonna be possible for you? No, I'd already accepted the fact that I'd, I'd never have a WrestleMania moment. Uh, I accepted that I, even though I, I feel successful, I'll never see WrestleMania. And that's that's a big deal. I don't care what anyone says. Um, it's what it is, you know, and I accepted it. Uh, but I could have never dreamt that I would do as well as I have here in the WWE. Well, you know, your debut reminds me of like the modern day Chris Jericho debut in WWE, where like there was an article on the website teasing that he might be coming. Then they had the countdown and then he came out and he had the rock in the ring. Similarly, it's like you're this big free agent. They teased that you were coming on the website. Then you make your debut at the Royal Rumble and Roman Reigns is in the ring. So I think it's cool that your first WrestleMania moment then became against Chris Jericho, which is kind of cool. Yeah, oh, I was happy to be in the ring with him, you know, someone that, uh, you know, we've been through kind of the same places, you know, from Japan to WCW, WWE. I mean, like, yeah, I, I, I thought that we were very similar in the way that we got to where we were. So uh, I was just happy to be in the ring with him. One thing when you debuted that you used to get a lot of crap for from people was uh, having the soccer mom hair, the, the length of the hair. People would always talk about the soccer mom hair. And I am a guy who used to have long hair and I was in the soccer mom phase for a period of time. So I know what that's like. It's super frustrating. Do you ever like want to cut your hair short again, but then don't because you're scared of having to go through the soccer mom phase again? You know, it's one of those things where uh, when I was growing my hair out and I didn't know what I was doing with it, I honestly didn't. I was I was emo AJ Styles. I'm like, well, okay. And then I was soccer mom AJ Styles. And now I don't know what I am now, but just my hair's long, out of control. My wife's like, you need to cut it. Uh, but I'm not sure how short to cut my hair. Like, there's this crazy dilemma. I, I think once it's all said and done, I'm probably just going to shave my head. Oh. So we'll see. Like, uh, see, I, I had a feeling you were going to say that because I know what that's like when you have the long hair and it's starting to get all crazy, but you're like, 
you don't know what it's like being in that soccer mom phase because like you said there's no name for it once you have cool long hair you just have cool long hair at that point but everybody has to point it out when you have the soccer mom hair and it's so frustrating i always wanted to get with uh like like riddle or, or, or like breeze and something like haha soccer mom hair because they had the same hair that i did but nobody accused them of having soccer mom hair <laughs> it's it's because of the shape it's for some reason, I, and I, I literally have the exact same kind of hair as you. I, I know it, it's the shit, it's when it has that like circular shape as opposed to coming just straight down that people say it. And it's like, hey man, like I'm just trying to have a cool hairstyle here. Like, give me a break. Yeah, yeah give me a couple months, let it grow a little bit. <laughs> Does Wendy want you to cut the hair short again? Uh, I don't know what she wants me to do with it. I don't think she's happy about it being long, but then again, uh, I, I, I'm sure I'd get it cut short. Like, I hate it. I'm like, of course you do. I hate, uh, you know, the wind blowing and the next thing you know, I'm chewing my hair instead of my gum that's in my mouth, you know? So there's, listen, there are, there are things now that, you know, women have always dealt with. And now I completely understand when it comes to the hair. I don't want, no, roll up the window. My hair's going everywhere. You know, something like, I get it now. I totally understand. Like when it starts to get like, kind of like, you know, a little too messed up and you have to like condition it and all that kind of stuff to get it all pretty again. It's, it's not fun. It, it defeats the purpose of growing the long hair because you grow the long hair so you don't have to do anything with it, but then you have to start doing more with it once you have the long hair. I, it's definitely takes a lot longer to take care of. I, I, I've turned into a, a bit of a diva, you know, when it comes to getting my hair ready. It's, it's sad, it really is. I, okay, that's good to know because last week on my show, Samoa Joe talked about how you're his favorite person to put the coquina clutch on because your wife buys, <laughs> he says, because your wife buys such good conditioner that it's calming for him <laughs> to, to make when he's trying to make you submit. Uh, do you know what kind of conditioner yeah. she buys? I don't, I don't, man. I, I don't. I, I thought, listen, I, did he ever tell you uh, when he, he finally got the coquina clutch on me? Uh, it totally choked me out. Like I was out. No. I went to sleep in a match. Thank God it was the finish because I was asleep. Wow. Oh, it must have been the conditioner. Yeah. It calmed him down too much. But yeah, 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 I guess so. He just kept it on a little bit longer. I, I remember thinking, hey, I'm about to. <laughs> oh, man. Well, wait. Okay. I read an interview that you did like, I don't know, I think it was like in 2017, and you said that you didn't really have a hair care routine. Do you have a hair care routine now? Uh, not a, not really. I mean, I, I use shampoo and conditioner if that's the hair care You don't put routine. like any oils Other in it to that, make sure it stays all luscious or anything like that? I, I use hairspray. So, you know, the stragglers and whatnot. I'm, I'm learning all this, uh, you know, this, I guess this hair talk from women, you know, you can't have stragglers nope. and, and whatnot, but yeah, I don't really do anything special to it. That's super impressive. Like the fact that you're able to have flowing hair like that without able to do, without doing anything special to it, that you got good genes, man. You got good genes for sure. Uh, back to wrestling instead of hair talk. Uh, how, how important were your series of matches with John Cena in establishing yourself as a main event player in WWE? I think the reason why I am where I am it's because of guys like John Cena. I would throw Roman Reigns in that match as well. Uh, the match I had with him that carried on to uh, get the opportunity to work with Cena. It was awesome. SummerSlam, our first match that, you know, big match that we had together was unbelievable. Two guys, I always say this, who are very much not alike, but in that ring, we gel so well. Um, man, I, I was so impressed 
with his psychology, the ideas, his timing, everything that he had in the match. I learned a lot from John Cena. I, I, I'm not ashamed to say that. At this point, you had had, you know, matches of the year, but so, but John Cena was John Cena. So it's cool to hear that, like, you know, you as someone who many people consider to be the best in-ring worker out there today, it's cool to hear you give props to John Cena like that too. Yeah, I mean, listen, what was it about John Cena and AJ Styles that made it so great? I, I don't know exactly what that is. I think it's two guys who uh, wanted to leave it all out in the ring, but at the same time, search for perfection within that same match. Now, I want to know this, and this might be kind of a loaded question here, but I've, I've said it a bunch of times. I think a lot of people consider you to be the best wrestler uh, on the planet. I think there's a lot of people who would say that. Do you feel pressure in knowing that before your matches, or does that just help motivate you to wrestle at a high level? I mean, I don't feel pressure. Uh, I appreciate that they think that of me, but I don't think of that of myself. So there's no pressure there. Uh, I'm just going to go out there and do what I can with uh, the gift that, you know, the gifts that I've been blessed with, and they're deteriorating so quickly. As I get older, I'm just trying to make the best of them uh, while I still have a job in WWE. But uh, I, I take pride in my match. I take pride in my story, um, and I think that it just—if you just take take pride in that—you'll put on the best possible match or, or even story that you can. Yeah, that I understand that. It's kind of crazy for me to hear that you don't consider yourself to be one of the best wrestlers. Do you not do you not consider yourself to be the best? But do you consider yourself to be one of the best wrestlers in the plant on the planet? I'd like to think that I'm one of them, but you know, there's so many guys before me and girls before me, uh, and and behind me, you know, coming up, the super. Like, man, I don't know that I'd ever would I would I still be the same superstar in the Attitude Era uh, or in WCW back then, uh, and would would AJ Styles, you know, coming up with the the new superstars and whatnot would i still be that good you know was it timing what was it so i, I there's a lot of things that made me think uh you know and i watch my matches i'm like yeah, it's not that good you know so i i guess i'm harder on myself than most everyone else is i i, I like i i it's nice to hear that because i think a lot of people are really hard on themselves whether it's their wrestling they're interviewing they're at a regular nine to five job i think everybody can be their own harshest critic so to hear you say that like you don't feel that way about your own matches is a uh, is interesting to me because i mean i think that most people would say that like your matches are some of the best matches or like you are one of the most skilled wrestlers on the roster right now i don't know so it's, just inter it's interesting for me to hear you say that well it's just I've, I've, I've watched these matches that i've been in and they're you know i'm just like god that was stupid why did you do that oh what you you, you you move too fast here. You could have slowed down here. Like there's so many things that have happened that I, that I wish I could change. But you know it's it's part of the learning process. What did it mean for you to win the WWE Championship for the first time? And what's the biggest lesson you learned during that run with the belt? Oh uh, wow the the championship was the point where my wife was like when I got home with the championship she was like hey we're gonna go over to a friend's house I'm like and they want to see the championship will you just will you bring it with you I'm like, oh, okay well they had thrown me a party you know and I thought that was very cool uh, of so many friends and and family to be there and uh, it's more than just a, a, a lot of people will see it as a prop it's more than that if you ask me it's it's you know when they put a 
championship on you. They're saying, you're a guy. We're counting on you to put in the work. And what that means for me is like you're at everything. That's your job. You're this, You're leading the charge. Do it to the best of your abilities. Here's the championship. It's, a, it's yours. That's the way I feel about our champion. And that's the way I've tried to tell, you know, hey, when you, you know, first time winning the tag team championship, you're the tag team right now. That's why they gave it to you. You're going to put butts in seats. That's why we have it on you. Like, it's a big deal. Um, I've went so far to this. I don't know what the second question was. Oh, uh, uh, what did it mean for you to win the WWE? You don't Champions? either. Ha! <laughs> well, you kind of answered it all in it because you were telling me what the biggest lessons, oh, the biggest lessons you learned during that run with the belt. And oh, I guess I did. Yeah, so you did. So that's why I was like, wait, I think he did answer both of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's cool. I, I I enjoy hearing you say that as well because I think that that's one of the th that's the reason I asked the question because I think that a lot of wrestlers underestimate how much more work they're going to have to do when they become the champion. You know, you hear Roman talk about the levels and Drew McIntyre will talk about as well, like the different levels that come with being a world champion. Um, so I think that people also underestimate how much work you have to do in remembering things on the show that you have to be the kind of like the running line throughout the show and being like more segments than everybody else. And I feel like that's something that a lot of people underestimate when they become champion. Absolutely. Like you, you, if you're going to be the champ, you're going to put in the work. You got to be ready for it. You got to want it. Uh, I think most everyone that I've seen in, with the championship have, have been exactly that. They know what's coming with it. They've seen it done before and they know what's expected of them. So uh, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. But you will, you will work your tail off, no doubt about it. What were the biggest differences for you personally between your first and your second run with the WWE Championship? Uh, wow, that's a that's a really good question because I felt the same way about it. I think the biggest difference is being able to beat uh, Jinder Mahal in England. That was a that was a big deal. Uh, I believe that was the first time the WWE Championship has ever changed hands yep. overseas. So you know that's a feather in my hat that you, nobody can take that away from me. Uh, but it was. I don't know. I, I felt like I, even, I worked even harder that second time around, as crazy as that sounds. And But I, I look forward to that. You know, you're the champ, man. Hey, lead us. Let's do this. I got you. I'll take care of you guys. Let's go. You know, I like that. And I I, I think uh, Roman, Roman, Roman Reigns is the kind of guy that wants to see that, and so is Bobby Lashley. They're, they understand it. It doesn't surprise me to hear that you worked harder the second time because I'm sure you were hungrier for it the second time. Like you had had the taste of being champion and now you were like, oh, I'm getting it again. I got to work even harder to have an even longer reign this time. 100%, 100%. Um, yeah, I, listen, it's the work was put in. I remember being so exhausted. I felt like my body was almost ready to give out after I left the, you know, after I lost the, the championship. Like I was kind of like, uh, uh, like, like real weight was left, lifted off of me. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, um, I, I want to move to a fun topic here. Have you been a video game fanatic since you were a kid? Yes, I, I'm an addict. I admit it. That's the first step. <laughs> what was the first game that you remember being addicted to? Uh, Asteroids on the Atari 2600. That was my game. I, I actually uh, flipped it when I was in the second grade. Dang, you did that on Asteroids? Yeah. Dang, man. Like, I had an arcade game in my house growing up, uh, and I, I never even was able to do that on my own video game. So that's, that's so impressive that you were able to do it on Asteroids. Because that was, like, the arcade you were doing that on, right? 
Uh, well, it was the, it was the 2600, oh, the, Ar oh, the Atari. Got it, so, got it, got it, got it. You know, I was doing this. I don't know if it was harder or not. Probably not. Uh, but if we're if we're talking about video games, I just bought one the other day, an arcade machine. So I, it's it's crazy. I don't know what to tell you, man. I, I do. I have an addiction, but all I can tell my wife is there's worse things I can be addicted to. <laughs> Much. I enjoy video games much worse things that you could be addicted to than video games your arcade setup is awesome it, all the one-up arcades that you have like you have such a cool setup big fan of one-up arcades uh so many i got a lot of those uh to me it's one of those things you can pick up build it real quick and you have your own arcade they're coming out with something now where it's like there's like a giant iPad with board games on it it is amazing like that kind of stuff pinball machines that you know electronic they're awesome. I want them all. I do. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was a movie or a sh TV show called Silver Spoons. Yep. It's about this rich kid who had an arcade in his house. And I thought that'd be the coolest thing ever. So, yeah, I didn't realize, you know, back when I, you know, years ago when I bought my first arcade machines, oh, they're they're not as expensive as I thought they might be. But now I think they're going up in price. They are because I have a house now and I was like, you know what? I should probably have an arcade game here in my house. Like that's a good thing to have in your home. And I started looking for them and I was like, I'm going to get those one up ones because these are too expensive. I can't afford the real ones. Hey, the one ups are perfect. You know, like you get the, the stand for it to go on and you're standing up or sitting down however you want to do it, playing these games. And it's exactly like the arcade machine to the, the artwork and everything. It's it's really, really cool. Do you have pinball machines too? Not yet. I'm working on that. I'm waiting to get my hands on the uh, the one-up arcade machines. That's my next step. Yeah, I badly want an arcade machine too. I, or a pinball machine for the, an arcade machine. That'd be so sick. Now, I, I, uh, I saw a picture you posted not too long ago where you showed how many retro systems you have, where it's like a huge wall of just systems. So I feel like you're an authority on this. What's the worst video game system that there is? I am not a big fan of the Atari. Uh, now, I played them as a kid, but I'm just not that big a fan of, of the 2600. Not when, you know, you go from 4 bits to 8 bits and you're like, what? You know, I'm a Nintendo guy. Uh, that was what really started it all for me. I enjoyed the Atari, but there was, it, you know, you had to flip them. There were no ends to games. I love having the, an end to a game. I love that. So, um, that was that was the greatest thing for me about Nintendo, as I could beat a game. I could be done with it. It amazes me that that it's so it takes so long to beat those games. Like compared to now, like now you'll hear someone beats a game in a few weeks. I feel like Mario took people forever back in the day to beat. Like that was a hard one to get all the way through. I remember uh, getting a Super Nintendo, and beating uh super mario world that night what non-stop non-stop playing it just addicted uh i rented the wizard and super mario brothers 3 that's how i found the whistle in in the game because of the movie and was able to beat that game before i had to return it to you know because we rented games back yeah then. this goes back to our internet discussion earlier where i feel like if you'd had the internet you would have been like a gaming sensation doing that in one night I mean, maybe. I, I don't know. I, listen, I remember the first time uh, I played Street Fighter Two on the Super Nintendo and being amazed that, to me, it looked exactly like the arcade. 
And so I played that game so much I rubbed my thumb raw. Instead of stopping, I grabbed a Band-Aid, put it on, and kept playing. Like, it was, I was just loved, I just loved that game at the time and, and video games in general. What are your top five wrestling video games? What are the top five wrestling video games according to AJ Styles? Virtual Pro Wrestling 2 is easily is that the best game. Oh, so that's number one? Yep. Okay. Uh, I would say number two is No Mercy. Uh, to, to me, it's all the Aki games. Um, yep. Then you got WrestleMania. Then you, um, and then you have WCW, uh, NWO Revenge, I believe it is. Yep. And Kings Kings of the Coliseum was pretty awesome. Uh, it was a uh, it was a Japanese game. I think it was New Japan. I want to say New Japan. Okay. I could be wrong, but I remember a lot of guys jumping on that bag when I actually had my PlayStation modified so that I could play it. God, I never even heard that one. So that's like a that's the New Japan game. I I I actually am mad that I think I'm mad that Young Ryan didn't know that Japan had such awesome wrestling because I feel like I missed out on so much of that stuff. Like I wasn't a tape trader. I was just watching WWE and WCW. So um, I was just like so lost on all that stuff. So now looking back on it, I'm like, man, I wish I'd played some of that stuff. Have you played Virtual Pro Wrestling too? I th I, I think so. I, I believe so. Maybe once or twice. Not it, like a lot. It, it has all, you know, it has a lot of the legends uh, from WCW and NWA. Uh, and then every Japanese guy, it seemed like, that was wrestling at that time. And the even shooters, uh, was it Pancras, maybe? Yep, I'm yep. not exactly sure which one that was going on back then. But, man, it was so cool. So many things you could do. So many guys you could make. It was, to me, the best game. Yeah, I feel like that that era of wrestling games just was it's it's going to be hard to ever replicate because it was just so awesome all those games easy to play hard to master now wwe is finally hitting the road again and money in the bank will be the second show with fans on a 25 city tour how excited are you to reconnect with the wwe universe i i don't think they understand how much they influence everything in the wwe we need them to tell us what they want. And not having that is very hard. So getting back, seeing what they want, tell us what you want. We want to give it to you. Now, let alone, we're going to give you great matches. But tell us what stories you want to see. Tell You, you know, you are, dictate the speed in which our matches are done, as crazy as that sounds. You dictate who's a baby face and who's a heel. It's everything is, is done according to the fans and I'm looking forward to seeing what, you know, hearing uh, what they want to see. You know, one thing I always hear people say, wrestlers say, is that uh, it hurts a lot more without the fans there. Like the bumps Ooh. all hurt a lot more because you don't have that adrenaline pumping. Um, are you, is that, is that accurate to say? 100%. Everything has hurt a lot worse this past, what, year and a half? Yep. Yeah, I, I, um, I need fans to be there so I can stop hurting so much. I will say that I think the match that you, the ladder match that you did have in the Thunderdome uh, was one of the best matches of the Thunderdome era, in my opinion. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, there was some, you know, ladders hurt, tables hurt. A lot of things don't feel good. And if you're going to have a ladder match, you definitely want to do it in front of people uh, who are going to respond and you know that it was worth going through a ladder or a table or jumping off a ladder like you know that it was worth it based on their reaction not having that reaction oh man it's terrible 
Uh, what kind of reactions do you think Omos is going to get from the crowd when they see him? I, I can't wait for them to see how actual big he is. Actually, like he's bigger than you think. Um, he's he's scary. I remember him standing beside me, and I almost broke my neck trying to look up at him. He was so, he's just a big human being. It's really cool. I remember I, I remember uh, meeting uh, the Big Show for the first time. He's bigger than the Big Show, easily. So I can't wait, people. I can't wait for people to see him. I saw him at the Performance Center the one time I got to go there when uh, NXT was debuting on USA Network. And I remember thinking the same thing, that it was like seeing Big Show for the first time, but even more impressive because he's bigger. Uh, I, I thought the match that you guys had at WrestleMania was such a great debut for him. What did you think of that match? Uh, I loved it. And the fact that, you know, they started chanting for Omos. I'm like, this is going to be great. You know, and it was. It was exactly what we needed. Uh, you know, and we'll see what happens uh, as we go forward in front of people. Now, as the pandemic era comes to a close um, and you guys are hitting the road again, how does it feel to have maybe had the best cinematic match that occurred during that era against The Undertaker? Are you proud of that one? I, I am proud that I had the opportunity to work with The Undertaker. Uh, and it was just icing on, uh, you know, on top, you know, on the cake or wherever it goes. Uh, to have one of the better cinematic matches um, that WWE's done. I was very proud of it. I'm sure the Taker was proud of it. Uh, it was one of those things you were not really sure what how fans were going to take it. Uh, but it's exactly what we both needed. And, uh, you know, I, I was I was certainly uh, and pleasantly surprised when they said, hey, you're doing a Boneyard match and, you know, it's going to be different. I'm like, okay, cool. Not a match in front of nobody? Perfect. Were you nervous that you weren't going to be able to give Undertaker the match he wanted when you found out that it was going to happen in a, you know, outside somewhere on dirt? It was, it was exactly what we envisioned. And, you know, I would love to have had the opportunity to work with him uh, before he retired because we gelled so well in that Boneyard match. That's so cool. Did he say anything to you after, like, thank you or anything like that? Since I know from watching the documentary that, you know, getting that last match was something that was really important to him, that he was chasing. So when he finally got it, did he say anything to you, like a thank you or anything like that? Well, well, I, you know, I, I, called, I called his wife and I was like, hey, what, what does he want? Because I need to get him something. He goes, she's, she's just like, hey, well, you know, give him uh, your gloves. He, that would mean a lot to him if you signed your glove. I was like, all right. So, uh, yeah, I, Michelle hooked me up. and get, Hopefully that was a, a gift that he enjoyed. And he actually sent his gloves uh, to me and with a very nice thank you letter, which meant the world to me. I actually, if I could show it, they were right over there. But I, I have them sitting, you know, uh, on my uh, little table over there. But, yeah, it's, it meant a lot. That's so cool. That's awesome. Uh, what goals do you have left to accomplish in WWE? You said that your body is getting there, that you're starting to feel it more. You're, you know, it sounds like you're maybe getting closer to the end, possibly. Are there goals that you still want to accomplish in WWE? Like what's, what drives you these days? Uh, well, like I said before, um, I just enjoy what I do in the ring. I take pride in it. And it's, it's going to be a hard thing and you understand it more now when you know you're getting closer to the end of your career, how hard it will be to walk away because you enjoy that fan interaction. You enjoy everything about it. 
um, the friends who, who become more like family that you spend a lot of time in WWE with. Like that stuff's hard. It's hard to leave, and it's hard to adjust once you're done. Uh, but I got a taste, I guess, what that's like, you know, with the COVID stuff. But I didn't say I liked it. Um, so I, I'm not sure when it's going to be over for me. Um, but, uh, you know, I, like I said before, I signed my last contract. So we'll see when that is. Yeah, when I was researching this, I saw an article you did. In, I, I read an interview you did in 2009 where you were like, I think I got 10 years left in this. And so <laughs> I think it's funny that you've... You've, you've surpassed that, and so who knows when you're going to be Well, uh, I remember thinking I'll be 40 years old when I retire. That's when I'm going to retire. So I was, I was dead wrong, by the way. So, And I think with someone like you, we've talked about it a couple times in this interview, but I think if people underestimate, I think people think, I think that people think that you are younger than you are. So <laughs> I think that because you have this youthful energy to you and because you're able to still move in the ring the way that you do, I think people think that you're younger than you are too. Well, I can appreciate that. Uh, I hope I don't look as old as I am. Uh, but you know, there were things that were e so e so easy when I first started that are scary to me now. They scare me uh, because I don't know if I'll make it, or I may I may hurt someone trying it, or you know, it, it could end my career. I'm not sure because that that fast twitch muscle fiber, yeah it. It goes away pretty quick the older you get. So you're not jumping as high. You're not doing this stuff that's effortless uh, anymore. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a struggle sometimes. I hope it doesn't look like one. Well, we've reached the end here, but I like to end all my interviews talking with my guest about their finishing move. So I got a few questions left just about your finishing move. First, who's your favorite person to hit the phenomenal forearm on? Phenomenal forearm on. Shinsuke takes a pretty good one. Um, that That's a tough one. Uh, I, Ricochet probably made the forearm look the best out of anybody because he's so awesome. So, yeah, if I had to give it to someone, it'd probably, it'd probably be Ricochet. Is there one time you hit the phenomenal forearm that you wish you could take back for any reason? Oh, wow. Uh, I guess... Every time I did it in Japan, just for a move rather than a finish, uh, that that would probably I'd like to take that back. <laughs> I like that. And lastly, what's the most memorable time that you hit the phenomenal forearm? Yeah, SummerSlam, uh, John Cena and myself after I hit the Styles Clash, rolled out and hit John with that uh, phenomenal forearm and pinned him in the middle of the ring. Right. That was unbelievable. That was a great moment. Uh, all, all of those matches were awesome, but that one in particular, I agree, was the most memorable, phenomenal forearm. Okay, we're done here. I appreciate it very much. Thank you so much for your time. I'm a huge fan of yours, so it's cool to pick your brain like this. Yeah, man, I enjoyed it. Thank you. All right, man, have a good one. You too. That was the phenomenal one, AJ Styles, current Raw Tag Team Champion. I really enjoyed our conversation. It was cool to pick his brain about all that stuff. I mean, I am a major AJ Styles fan. I'm a big John Cena fan. So just to hear the intricacies behind their feud was awesome for me as a fan. Okay, make sure you subscribe to Out of Character on all podcast platforms. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. 
we are on all major podcast platforms so make sure you check out the show there and also check out our youtube channel as well subscribe to it if you want that's where you can find this show on video every week and a bunch more clips and make sure you follow wwe on fox on social media as well okay that's it i'm done officially tapping out for now until next time i'm ryan satin and this is out of character download the all-new fox sports app now 